Hello, I'm Merve. Hi, I'm Elgas. Welcome to our show, Marginal Sleet the Show. The focus of this show will be presenting news, music, and artists from marginalized groups. Having experienced the intentional blindness of the mainstream media for the problems of queers and people of color, as a journalist, I try to bring visibility to these topics. My interest in music journalism led me to studying musicology. During the course of my studies, I got interested in critical theories that put the existing models of thought into question, and I realized that such approaches are also needed in music journalism that combine the sound with the context. Unfortunately, we are starting our first show with sad news from Izmir, Turkey. 
On the 30th October, the city was shaken with an earthquake in the agency. The rescue teams have now finished their mission. The number of deaths is 114 and 137 people were injured. Many other buildings are damaged and since the following earthquake is also expected, many people cannot enter their homes. The neglect of measurements against natural disasters like earthquake by regulatory authorities is discussed.
give much cause I don't have much today. Time is running faster and faster, barely marking the days. But I will share today with you what I still have, with all the thoughts, those good and bad ones, with a cry of silence rocking like a psalm, with every moment impatient as you. I'm going, going forward. We have listened the song uh, from Fred Koviak, uh, uh, Ide Dalej is the name of the song, um, from Poland. Uh, and uh, I try to like uh, share with you a short uh, part of the lyrics of the song. Um, as you might have known, um, Poland has uh, accepted an almost uh, uh, complete abortion ban. And in the last weeks, um, almost uh, uh, 100,000 protesters took to the streets of the Polish capital in Warsaw. On, uh, it was the largest demonstration of popular anger directed against Poland's ruling right-wing law and justice party, PES. 
since the party assumed the office in 2015. Protests have been held across the country since Poland's constitutional tribunal declared earlier this month that abortion is in instances where a fetus is diagnosed with a serious and irreversible birth defect were unconstitutional. Such procedures constitute about 96% of legal abortions in Poland, which already has some of the most restrictive abortion laws in Europe. Pro-choice activists called a women's strike that attracted over 4,000 people to protest in over 400 towns and cities across the Central European nation. And but protesters were heard chanting, I think, I feel, I decide. Just hours before the protests, Andrzej Duda, Poland's right-wing president, announced what he described as a legislative solution to the political crisis, proposing that termination in instances where birth defects are terminal would be allowed. Termination of fetuses with conditions such as Down syndrome would be banned, however. If you are wondering how you can be uh, uh, helping to women um, in Poland, um, I would like to share with you uh, some of the things uh, that you can do from a distance as well. Um, you can donate to Polish women's rights organizations always and protest remotely. Uh, you can send emails or letters to Polish MPs or to the consulates in your cities. You can post messages of support and solidarity on social media. Go for a walk near the Polish embassy in your country. Uh, support independent media in Poland. Check out and support Polish sex educators on social media. The fight doesn't stop here. And you can always keep up the conversation going on uh, to reach out people with drastically different views. <laughs> As you can imagine, <clears throat> also in countries like Turkey, uh, the art scene and the music scene is going through a very difficult time. Uh, there is, uh, there has almost never been really like a um, um, sustainable funding mechanism uh, in Turkey, and uh, most of the alternative venues um, are uh, either closing or thinking of closing the venues because they cannot uh, pay the rent. And they don't have any um, financial help, obviously. Uh, one of the stages uh, which has been closed uh, in September um, was Anahit Sahne. Anahit was um, in the Istanbul music scene in, in the last uh, two and a half years. And it has been a place, um, a safer place for many queers and many um, people thinking out of the box. So it's not just a loss of a venue, but it's also uh, a loss of a, um, of a safer space, uh, which means a lot for a lot of people living in a quite uh, homophobic uh, society. And um, I was actually like some months ago uh, making an interview with um, one of the founders of Anahit Sahne, Dennis, uh, Dennis is also um, a quite well-known figure in the queer scene in Turkey and um, has made also before Anahit a lot of um, other uh, 
queer venues or music venues and um, quite experience in this. One of the uh, hopeful things I think is that um, have a positive uh, or have, um, I don't know how to say, but have um, consistent the fight uh, they give us because like they, they said that they don't see disclosure as um, um, obviously as an end. And the queer energy in Istanbul is also surprisingly very good at like um, recreating itself. So although uh, I'm sad and we are sad, uh, I'm very curious to see uh, what will be coming in the next month. What do you think, Olgas? Mm-hmm. Uh, you also are in contact with... Uh, yes, yes. Uh, I actually had a chance to talk to uh, some of the like leading figures in the nightlife scene in Istanbul. Uh, and I've been following the processes. So just to give you an overview, since March, like with the uh, general uh, lockdown, these places closed basically for three months. And there was like no really institutional funding, etc. So it was like zero income uh, in practice. So afterwards, in June, they could have opened but again, like these places were already like quite precarious with especially um, like the rising rents. So it's like very, um, it was already hard to maintain those places due to the gentrification of Paolo district and also other districts in Istanbul. Uh, which are the hotspots of nightlife, culture, entertainment, etc. And when they could have opened in June, the regulations made it almost impossible for them to profit. And actually, that was the, also the cause of, like, Anahit, for, for example, closing. So, yeah, it's like a very like tricky situation. Like they like the managers are saying, okay, it's one thing. Like, how do we keep people safe from the virus in our places and still um, still maintain these places? Like, still pay uh, our workers their fee, etc. So I talked to to a to a, a DJ mixer, and they were. They've been playing in Istanbul for more than 10 years, like since uh, 2007. And they said like all of the places they've been, um, like they were playing regularly are now closed. And it is not known if they will open again. Like I think Ghana um, hit one of the examples who closed now and like changed hand basically. Like now there's another place. Um, and I think that that might be the fate of many places. Like when this process is over, it will be like from maybe some of the places will be gone forever. And like also from what I understood, people are changing their life courses because it's so uncertain. Uh, but as you said, like uh, at the same time, I also have faith in the in the imagination and hard work of these people. Like, especially um, 
especially the queer electronic or like music scene performance scene they have been also very like productive like not productive but like very loud about the situation what they can do like other ways with this like campaigns like different uh, online projects um etc but it is still it's it also still feels like a long way how that scene can recover and be vital as before again yeah i mean i don't know what you think about it but i also think it's actually like the current situation is a bit buttering the bread of the um, government because uh, as it was already mentioned uh, in turkey um, in istanbul let's uh, limit our um, context a little bit um, in the last 10 years, there is a systematic uh, uh, erasure of the nightlife and um, taxes on the alcohol or like the um, rent of the venues which are serving alcohol and etc. Et because there is, a, as I said, like a systematic motivation behind it to, um, to erase the nightlife and to have a alcohol-free mm. <laughs> zone and etc et and um, with this I mean like obviously the scene is already tired and um, as Olga's mentioned also having a quite precarious situation um, so the corona uh, financially affected them a lot but um, I also want to say like um, as it just happened, uh, uh, I'm very happy to have this T-shirt of um, a friend of us, Melis, uh, who does the regular queer waves parties in uh, exciting places in Istanbul. Thank you, Melis, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> we will send you a group picture. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, if you want to, like, uh, somehow also support the uh, queer and music scene in Istanbul, uh, for this, you can have a very easy Google check or like you can contact us as well. Uh, uh, you can always write to Kashmir and then they can let us know and we can let you know how you can support them and uh, let you know about the current campaigns and so on. Uh, but also like one easy thing would be also to check the works of the artists and uh, consider maybe international collaborations mm -hmm. and this would be obviously very helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially by the way, this year there have been so much good music also coming from, uh, especially the like queer electronic music scene in Turkey. Because so when I was talking to this like DJs musicians, I was trying to like understand how in the like last ten years, these like these groups like these parties and the spaces like venues kind of like created more and more like more people got involved people were like doing different things like different forms of like expression etc and now i think we are like uh, listening to the fruits of this mm -hmm. um for the of this energy like for example the dj mixer that i mentioned before uh, they and kubra uh they made a song in the, during the lockdown uh it's called alan uh, 2020 alan means space uh in turkish um and 
I mean, I've listened to their story of how they kind of created this song. It was like very organic between them, like Kubra raps <laughs> in the song. And it's just like they made the whole thing like with mixing, mastering, etc. in three weeks. And it was ready on the uh, day of the Pride celebration in Istanbul. Uh, and also this year uh, there was no official Pride celebration, but nonetheless there was an unofficial celebration that people gathered and uh, this song was released for the first time there and listened to. Um, and yeah, you should uh, check their stuff. I mean, Mixer has now have a record label. That was also a project that they did during the lockdown. It's called XMS uh, Records uh, and Kubra, or also known as Kubra Uzun. They have other projects, like one of them is tra Trans History Sung um, for the Volksbühne. I'm also like, quite looking forward to it. Yes, and now we are going to listen to the mention song Alan 2020. Yep.
olmazsın. It's very interesting. I also briefly saw about the Volkswagen project of Kubra. Actually, I'm also very much looking forward to. Um, yeah, one of the things I uh, these places also like uh, the queer places in Istanbul uh, enabled um, was the, um, not just the music but also the performances, like drag show performances, and um, there is a. Um, quite loved one called Dudakların Cengi and uh, they were also a regular um, performer of the Anahit Sahne and uh, recently I listened to an in another um, audio interview of um, Dennis who was uh, managing Anahit Sahne and I got really touched because when he said like um, the the street where Anahit is is like um, Uh, leading to a kind of like a dead end street and like a kind of uh, plaza between the streets. So, okay, it's uh, very difficult to <laughs> um, uh, like uh, make a picture of this architectural scene. But I hope one day you can go and experience yourself. But it also used to be before like um, another club, uh, which was quite also like uh, uh, known uh, an electro music club called Indigo. So there was always like a um, um, very lively uh, atmosphere around this street, um, but it was quite heteronormative. <laughs> and when uh, Anahit was there, um, and basically I'm just gonna try to like rephrase what Dennis said. Um, um, when 30 drag queens and uh, kings were walking uh, from the beginning of the street where like the uh, shocked eyes of the <laughs> homophobic uh, men are um, checking like what's this noise, what's happening because they are like coming so strong and so uh, self-confident and in their uh, uh, performance clothes and not being afraid of their identity and that Basically, the space was not just like a space, closed space, but it was also like claiming this uh, heteronormative uh, street. And like, even if it's just for a day, um, openly um, living their identity and their art and sharing it with also um, other curious eyes. And um, yeah, for this... Um, I don't know mm. what to say, but this mm. has been, I think, very, uh, very, mm. very important and very, very mm. um, so uh, powerful for the scene as well. Like, yes. not just like the experiencing the music, but also like 
yeah, mm. having this um, space. Yeah, the transformation happens basically yeah. on so many levels. Yes, actually. exactly, mm. exactly. That's the point. Yeah. Like for the people who come to the club, for the performers, um, for, for the, the shop like, next door. Yes, like for the whole neighborhood. Yeah. Um, yeah, basically, that I think it's in general like um, the thing about the venues that then is open like it's always um one level up of what has been done already and anahit in that sense was like unique that it was also combining so many things like concerts genres um, yeah, yeah genres also like different types of performances it was all so uh, like regular like not regular but like concert venue where like many alternative musicians could perform yeah um and also, like, to come back to uh, Dudakler and Cengi, it's, it's, like it's like a big collective also that different people uh, can, like, it's, it's, it also creates an open stage for people uh, to go up there and express themselves. Um, and it just crossed my mind, uh, and we're also gonna uh, actually play uh, a song that was made by one of the uh, Jengiavers, <laughs> <laughs> one of the performers, Buzgibim uh, by uh, Jay Tengre, also a very innovative, I think, musician performer slash something slash something like I don't know. There, I really like them. Um, and it's like when this, I mean, it's, it's not from this year. It was, I think from last year. Okay. And when it was released, like I thought, oh, that's, I mean, she, she doesn't really sing, but like the delivery is so powerful, mm -hmm. like with the music. Um, yeah. Let's listen to it then. Yes. Mm -hmm. Ben yatağımda kıvrılan bir Ne tarafa istersen oraya kır Derin değilim ama yüzmek istersen hızlı Dar olabilir mi başta ama ileride genişler Işımla kaynağından fışkırır Aramıza engelli çıkar Sen taş bir köprü ben altına
Welcome, Gizem. How are you? Thank you, Merve. I'm fine. You? <laughs> I'm fine as well. I mean, I'm very happy finally this is happening. Yeah. Uh, this show in itself was supposed to be streamed on July, but like every month, Corona found a reason for us to delay. And uh, yeah, you have been one of the first names which popped up in our mind when we decided to put up this uh, show. So we are very happy to welcome you. So happy to hear that. Thank you for <laughs> your kind words. Of course. So Gizem, uh, we know you a little bit, but for the audiences who don't know you yet, would you like to mention a little bit what you are doing in the music scene? Mm. Uh, I have different roles in the music scene, but uh, of course, basically, I'm a producer and performer. I have. A my solo project 6ZM, I have side project, uh, many of them, but like the most important one is Gazina Neuken, a Berlin-based Turkish trash pop band. And besides performing and making like producing music, I also uh, sometimes organize events, I create events or like uh, coordinate events. And sometimes I do the technique of events, so I'm like, yeah, in many places of the scene, especially queer scene. Also in Istanbul, you were doing music, right? And you still keep your connections uh, quite warm, I see, uh, as far as I can follow. Like, uh, one of the things I really like that you do is like... Uh, I don't know how to say this in English, but like you, like your you like your actions feel like, um, um, like uh, you know, like hot blood or something. You know what I mean? Like I I don't know how to really say this now, but that um, that you basically the, you you do the campaigns in a not agitating way. You know, not in like charity work way, which I really like. Like, but it's really like it's a need, but it's in a cool way. So. Um, Thank you for this, I guess. Yeah. Would you like to mention a little bit about this as well? Like, how is the queer music scene in Istanbul doing, as far as you know? Yeah, uh, I mean, I, of course, keep my bounds to Istanbul. It's just like, it happens naturally. So the campaign, I think you are mentioning, is the Queer Waves yes. support campaign, which is actually not my uh, idea. Uh, it's... Uh, Melis and Sechel and the others from Queer Waves, they were they had this idea to support the nightlife queer nightlife uh, workers because due to Corona, like everything is shut down as we all know, and especially in 
Istanbul or in Turkey, it's uh, even worse because this is the only way they make money or they make living. And I actually got into this because very practical reasons because of very practical reasons that is like uh, um, donations from out of Turkey cannot go to Turkey so I am kind of bridging uh, but I'm happy to do that like and but actually this all the credit must go to queer ways and please go to our GoFundMe campaign page and like if you can Donate something would be just great because right now also like Euro Turkish Lira rate is huge. It makes a lot of difference uh, for those people who are in need. And also right now uh, we have added another level to the campaign that we give uh, t-shirts. Uh, I got mine yesterday. Yes, <laughs> which is great. Like, uh, please go... Uh, I don't know the link by heart, but uh, it's GoFundMe Queer Race Support Istanbul Queer Nightlife. Yeah, I think Google will be helpful yeah. with all these keywords. <laughs> uh, and Gizem, um, of course, Corona didn't just affect our friends in Istanbul. Uh, it also affects uh, freelancers like us. How are you affected? Well, uh, I had such a luck that I just found a job before Corona and it was a full-time job and it's related to technical, uh, yeah, technical project development for artworks, mainly audiovisual works. Uh, therefore, uh, I was very lucky actually, although I didn't work, I had some basic income during those months, but my artistical artistic persona had uh, was really impacted deeply i had no shows i had no inquiries you know it was just also gazino noiken with gazino noiken it's much more obvious i think we haven't played since march the last show was the 8th of march party in eso and yeah. it was really like a peak one yeah. and just after that the lockdown started and since then we didn't even come together because of the yeah yeah it's very hard for everyone especially freelancers and I just I was just kind of lucky to have had this job besides the economical aspects like um, how does it uh, artistically and psychologically affect you and your community um, well I think partly it was it made everyone a little bit more creative, like what can we do in these limited circumstances. This I found actually good in a way. And I had the chance for my own solo project, I had the chance to go over all my productions in the last 10 years, which I would I could never have time before. So it from this perspective, it was actually really, really good to just you know, uh, stay with the material that I have and like go over and see my um, progress over time. And I had a lot of time, like everyone, I guess. So in a way, 
I'm I'm also glad that I had this time to just you know sit with what it what has happened and uh, yeah just like have a perspective. Mm. Well, that sounds uh, not so depressing. Mm -hmm. I'm happy to hear. Uh, you at the beginning of our talk you mentioned that you also uh, this if you want to mention. Um, that you also do other uh, roles um, in the music industry and that you have the experience that it's t still quite uh, cis male dominated mm -hmm. and that, that it can that it is and it can be quite uh, annoying for uh, non-heteronormative people uh, would you like to share some of your experiences about this with us yes um. <coughs> Um, yeah, I'm uh, like I'm freelancing in many projects, and the the ones that I enjoy the most, of course, are coming from my community or like serving to my community. But the others, which make which makes me make more money, are mostly like corporate or more like you know big events, and in these occasions, which could be like conferences or tech uh, music film festivals or art work art um, it can be conferences festivals or anything like art events i when i work as uh, in the technical department mostly i'm the only uh, non-cis man and also only non-binary person And it's very hard for me to, every time, I have to teach people that I'm a day, and it's they, they have to forget that you know it's they or they are not really familiar, because they are mostly out of my bubble, so it's sometimes really exhausting for me, and I hardly see really, I hardly see a non-cis male, and as you all know, this mansplaining is really. Uh, I had I had to like develop some defense mechanisms against this mansplaining uh, so it's really hard and uh, that's why I enjoy doing uh, events with my bubble but we don't have money mostly so <laughs> that's the downside yeah yeah I can relate to that and um, I mean yeah You are not just like, uh, as far as I know, connected with the Turkish queer community, but like uh, with the more international queer community. And uh, I think we can say that in the last years in Berlin, there is much more visibility and visible solidarity. But is there also like an, um, an international collaboration or a network of queer musicians, producers, uh, workers of the music industry? How are you staying updated from each other? Um, actually, it's I think the biggest is female pressure. And female pressure is like... Uh, it's very big network. Um, and there are uh, people who have uh, different perspectives about gender and queerness. Um, and I also know there are different attempts to make networks, but uh, 
as far, I really actually maybe I just don't know I have just I have my own personal connections and actually I would like to make this network yeah honestly. Um, I can imagine that you are still like producing stuff as you already mentioned like uh, this process also gave you time to uh, reflect and analyze all the works you have done in the last years uh, do you have a, a current project? Yes, uh, uh, we have this project uh, called Berlin Remembers Turkish Queer Idols. And it's, uh, uh, it's a, it, it was supposed to be a one day festival that, in, uh, that is about three Turkish uh, personas, let me say. Uh, who are Zeki Murant, Bülent Ersoy and Huysuz Virgin. Uh, they are, uh, by public, they are acknowledged and they were always on the uh, on TV, like accessible to everyone and very loved in, uh, in the society. Um, and they are all queer. Some of them never came out. Uh, some yeah like they are really controversial let me say and the idea from my colleagues uh, for this project Lemon and Yener had this idea to uh, make peace with those people and also after recently we lost Husu's vision uh, this, uh, this idea came and I was involved after the concept was there or let me say content was there um, so uh, the festival would be uh, uh, the festival would multimedia, right? Yeah, the festival would include uh, documentaries, films about those uh, figures, a panel uh, discussing those people, but also what happened in Berlin and how they. Uh, how their reflections were in Berlin and uh, we also would wanted to create a space for a discussion between generations between people who are born here to Turkish speaking descent and who came here afterwards uh, because apparently we don't always get along well uh, so the idea was just creating this space to understand each other better. And there would be also music performances dedicated to these, those figures. Uh, but unfortunately, due to the second lighter lockdown, we had, to, we had to cancel that event, but we changed the format to a website where people could uh, go online and see, watch the, uh, watch the films and documentaries and listen the podcasts and uh, the music performances. The website will be launched hopefully in the beginning of uh, um, December and our subtitle is Appropriating Muddy Ancestors. And I want you to explain what Muddy means. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, my translator uh, uh, role has to come out, I guess. <laughs> Madi is um, um, a Lubun word, and Lubun is um, the 
um, queer language spoken in Turkey. It's um, it's a very respectful language because it actually comes from the street <laughs> and it's a mixture of uh, very different languages or dialects and Madi, this word specifically, I mean uh, particularly means uh, like someone who is a bit uh, diva and sassy and um, who is like uh, knowing everything better and so on and so forth, uh, mm -hmm. I would say, yeah. Um, Gizam, thank you so much for uh, sharing this let project me, with us, please, yeah. Let me say the link. Yeah. Is, yeah. Muddyandsisters.com. Please visit that yeah. <laughs> page. Muddy is uh, uh, also like M-A-D-E. Yeah. yeah, I and sisters, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So check the website, uh, beginning of December. Um, Thank you so much for sharing this project with us. I uh, have to admit that I already knew about it through Lemon a little bit, because I was kind of involved with the film uh, patterns and so on. And I really love the idea because, um, uh, you know, when these people uh, were active uh, with their art, uh, although they none of them besides Bülent Ersoy really came out, mm. um, it was clear to all of us. It also like, I mean, I hate this word coming out because personally, like I had my own problems, obviously, <laughs> but also like coming out to what, because it also still feels like to, to like, like, like relativism to normal, norm, normal, being normal or something. So I really don't like this concept or whatever. Um, but anyhow, so we, we knew, the whole society knew and quite a, at least visibly heteronormative society accepted these people, but mm. these people uh, never like were in a um, community fight or like they were very individual artists. And because of this, um, they got a lot of criticism, which uh, is uh, I personally also find problematic because I am a person like who believes in context and um, era, the you know the zeitgeist of the mm -hmm. era and so on and in the case of Blant Ersoy for example we know like uh, she already made this love and what more yeah. she could do like basically she had to leave the country because uh, of her transgender identity she had to live in exile and in 86 right mm -hmm. I think like in the 80s uh, second half of 80s mm -hmm. then um, um, I don't know how to call it in English, transgender love uh, or mm -hmm. like a, a acknowledgement basically came and she could come back to Turkey and so on. But in the other cases, we don't see such a like um, concrete um, contribution and they get a lot of criticism and so on. Even though we can look at the work of Huysuz Virgin and say like all the work uh, they did was already like um, education, not even just entertainment, right? Mm. So would you like to say a little bit, um, because I know your project has this focus as well, like also like uh, respecting their heritage, uh, mm -hmm. even if like the work they did is not like super openly uh, solidarish, like mm. in the sense we know, right? Like... Mm. Would you like to say something about this as well? Well, uh, I feel that actually it's it's an open discussion, and mm -hmm. I personally also will understand more 
listening the podcast and you might maybe you should be also one of them because you have really concrete ideas <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah personally i i love all all those people but yeah how they use their power or their um, status is controversial mm-hmm. uh, nonetheless um, it's really crazy thinking how Hussein's vision was on TV making all these like what do you call drag shows, drag shows but the, the Costumes, jokes yeah. the jokes ah, the jokes, the jokes yeah. about like all the time sexual jokes and it was yeah. broadcasted like and people loved her so much uh, she was very witty person she was a very yeah, witty performer and, yeah and right now I'm like watching again her shows and it's yeah I laughed like so much <laughs> <laughs> but it's crazy how how she made the space to herself it's really crazy it's yeah fascinating I'm also really fascinated as I said like my my parents for example they are quite like uh, uh, conservative people but they used to go see the Kimuran or Ovisu's version mm. in Gazino you know and mm. I'm like I mean, like, I'm gonna be super uh, honest, sorry guys, but like, fuck you, like, you fucked up my life, and you used to go see them live performing, like, this is like double torture, <laughs> yeah, this, this, this phenomenon is like super interesting to me still today, like, how this uh, big uh, societal acceptance they could get, <laughs> which we cannot get, <laughs> But also, for instance, in in Germany, okay, Blantyre was in exile in Germany, and then there are these figures like, for instance, Hatay Engin. We have just recently lost. I mean, they are kind of really like sh- reflections of them in here. Or I I mean, it's really hard to count names, but uh, I think they opened many many doors to other queer people to exist how they want to be or express perform so they we have to acknowledge their work but also like criticize what they they have done wrong or yeah you know so a true art reflection it will be i see mm-hmm. gizam uh, i think we have uh, now time enough for your music uh, would you like to share with us what you have uh, brought us today uh yes um i prepared a a set that I have played live at home. <laughs> um, so it's my from my solo project, uh, but uh, yeah, just it's it's a combination of my yeah like electronic dance music and with elements of uh, my my culture. Let me say, um, I hope you enjoyed and thank you for very much for giving me the space it was a pleasure to talk to you thank you very much for coming yeah. and uh, let's play your set and i hope you enjoy <laughs>
Thank you.